I hope you're doing well. We have been in a series about the last three weekends called The Sounds of Christmas. And this has really been fun for me because I've never really focused on the sound aspect of all the sounds of Christmas. There are many, many sounds of Christmas, many of which we didn't even get to. But if you weren't here, let me just give you a, a platform or a foundation of kind of what we've been talking about. The first week we talked about Mary and just the challenge of this angel showing up in her life and saying, Mary, you are highly favored. And Mary having to say, what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. Well, you're going to have a baby. But the Spirit of God, she said, but I'm a virgin. I can't have a baby, but the Spirit of God is going to conceive in you. Oh, the Spirit of God. So they go through that conversation. She just accepts it by faith. This walk we're in, is a, it's a walk by faith. She tells Joseph last week, what did Joseph decide? Do you remember? He decided to break the engagement, which sometimes we forget is part of the Christmas story. We think Joseph, Mary, all is cool, never an issue, but he decided to break the engagement, but he had a dream, and an angel appeared to him in the dream and said, don't break the engagement. He said, okay, I mean, what do you do when an angel gives you a dream? He says, don't break the engagement. Well, you better obey. God's bigger than you. How many of you know that? So you obey God. So he did, and, and he, he did it well, and we see Joseph and Mary working it out. That's what we have to do in life sometimes, even when it's not easy and it's not perfect. We work it out. Today we pick up this whole idea of the birth of Jesus Christ, and I've called this message the sound of heaven on earth. Because truly Jesus came from heaven to this earth. As a matter of fact, he became something he had never been before. Think of that. Yet he did not cease being who he always had been. It's kind of tricky theologically because he's as old as his father and he's older than his mother. It's kind of weird when you think about the Son of God walking on the earth and becoming one of us and having to grow up like we did as a little guy, learning to control his, his muscles, his skeletal system, the development of his brain. When did he know he was the Son of God? These are, these are big questions. They're mysteries. They always will be. But as I think about the sound of heaven on earth, I can't help but ask you this question. What is the greatest sound you have ever heard? Anybody want to take a shot at it? Just say it out, and I'll try to repeat it. The greatest sound you've ever heard. If you say your baby crying, <laughs> that's come up every service, my, my baby crying. Okay, maybe the first time. May, I'll give you that one, okay? <laughs> Maybe the first time. I have news for you. No one else likes to hear your baby cry. <laughs> Except maybe the first time. No, it's true. But, but that's a great sound. What are the sounds? Children laughing, playing. Symphony, I heard. Ocean, yeah, when those big old waves, you know, crash on the shore. We're lucky. We get a lot of that in Colorado. Really, really nice that we get to have that. You know, you think, of, uh, you think of nature, the sounds of nature, the forests, if you like to get up there in the mountains. I, I, I can remember many times of hearing the elk bugle and the chilling sound of that and wondering, wow, that's just big. How do they do that? And then 
you know, complete opposite things. Like a, I grew up, my grandpa's farm in Kansas, and he had these John Deere tractors, and when he would fire those up, man, they would pop, 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 pop. I'd hear that thing coming up. Oh, man, I'd start shaking like a dog getting ready to chase a bird. It's just unbelievable. Right, Art? You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. He's got some John Deere tractors. That's a, that's a pretty sound. I think of the wind blowing through the trees. Sometimes when Bonnie and I are on our trip driving in a car, we'll pass like a group of Harleys and the, the sound of those motorcycles. And I'll say to Bonnie, I'll say, you know what that was? She'll say, what? And I'll say, that's the sound of heaven right there. <laughs> but it's probably not. The sound of heaven... The sound of heaven is Jesus coming to this earth. And for the first time, we get a glimpse of the divine in ways we've never had before. This is powerful. Don't overlook it. The first thing I want you to write down in your notes is the sound of a newborn baby. The sound of a newborn baby. Did, did Jesus cry when he was born? Of course he did. Of course he did. And it was a relief to Joseph and Mary, just like it is to parents today. He's alive. Everything's okay. Check the fingers, check the toes. All is well. Let me read it to you. Luke chapter 2. Just leave your Bible open. We're going to go verse by verse. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. Now listen carefully to this. Because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. Think of the plan of God. It was prophesied that Jesus, the Messiah, would be born in the house of David, which is Bethlehem. However, Joseph and Mary didn't live there. That's a problem. So think of the sovereignty of God to use Quirinius to actually order a census, which hadn't been done in forever, and force them to go somewhere they would not have otherwise been, fulfilling a prophecy. See, God plans ahead of us. When you think it's an inconvenience, when you think it's just something that you're forced to do, God has a plan to get you where you are, and you might not even realize it. That's big in this story. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiance, who was now, I love this, ladies, you'll like this, obviously pregnant. How many of you ladies have been obviously pregnant before? And while they were there, the time came, of course it did, for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Are you kidding me? This is God's son? What do you mean there's no lodging? We'll talk about that in a moment. I, I don't understand why, if I'm Joseph, I say yes because of this dream and an angel speaking to me, and... The timing couldn't be worse that I have to go up to Bethlehem. My wife is nine months pregnant, and it's about, it's between a 60 and 70 mile walk, depending on where they lived exactly, but probably 65 miles would be a pretty good estimate. And some scholars say she probably rode a donkey, but ladies, let me ask you a question. If you're nine months pregnant, walking, riding a donkey, does it really matter? You don't want to do that, <laughs> right? That doesn't sound fun. 
And so they're just walking. They're trying to get there. They're trying to make it happen with their family, the lineage. There's, there's groups going, lots of people, thousands of people walking. And they get there. And there's no room. And I don't know how many rooms they knocked on. I don't know how many innkeepers there were. The Bible just gives us this tiny little picture. It doesn't show us that they tried multiple places. It doesn't say Joseph forgot to get a reservation. Did Mary give him the look like, really, we've come all this way? I don't know. There's no indication of like a conflict between them. But it does seem odd to me. I have to point this out. You're having God's baby for crying out loud. Couldn't he get it ready for you? The point was he did. And he had. It just wasn't what they expected. It never is. It never is. Think about that. Pay attention to that. God's journey surprises us all the time. They get there and there's no room. I don't know, if, doesn't it, there's nothing in the Bible that indicates that they're frustrated. So sorry I keep injecting that, but I can't help but feel they might have wondered, God, you're going to provide somehow. This is your baby. So they end up, most scholars feel that they're kind of around the corner from the inn where they keep the barn animals. And there are lots of little crevices in this area. I've been there. And there are lots of rocks that are, I mean, there's places they say this is the actual place and so on. But it was probably a, a form of a cave and on a hillside, nothing big or massive. But the fact that she laid Jesus in a manger, manger means a, it's a stock feeding trough. It, it's not an ornate, beautiful thing like we have on stage and stuff. <laughs> it's just a feeding trough for, for barn animals. So the fact that they used that to lay him in is another indication that this was pretty rough. There's probably, you know, you think of hot water, you think of cleanliness. You know, in our house, we have the manger scene. It's made out of wood. It's really pretty. And Joseph and Mary are standing beautifully together. And he's got a nice long robe on and she looks lovely. And the baby is in the little manger and it's all carved out beautiful and the barn and the animals and there's some sheep. But there's no odor coming from that barn in our <laughs> house. It just smells like a little straw. It's just So we, we sort of fantasize about how romantic and beautiful all this story is when here's the reality. They are doing what God is asking them to do and it's not working out so beautifully. But they have a baby boy. And Jesus chose to come this way. God's plan was that he would come this way. This is so God. It's so God, and we need to know that so that we can get the big picture. Jesus was still born, and not once do we see Joseph or Mary complaining. Number two in your outline is the sound of sheep and shepherds. This part of the story really thrills me a lot because you would not expect this at all in the Christmas story, especially in light of who shepherds were known to be. In verse 8, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, I like that word suddenly, it means without notice. An angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today 
in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Shepherds, angels, kind of interesting that God would use these shepherds. If you did a Bible research uh, on your computer or in books that talk about the cultures, signs, and times of the estate of Israel in Jesus' day, and you found writings about shepherds, this is kind of what you would hear. They were paid very little. Many of them were known to be scoundrels and thieves. They lived on the hillside with the sheep and had very little opportunity for cleanliness or bathing. Their hours were long. And it was a huge challenge. Very few people would ever trust these types of shepherds. Who are, Now, there's obviously some rich shepherds, the owners, you know, like Abraham, David, Moses. There are people like that who had lots of wealth. But we're talking about the common person. The idea that God said, I think I want to start this message line with the shepherds means that it's available to you and me common folks, not the rich and the royal. You know, you would think that God would say, all right, give it to Quirinius, give it to the leaders, let the governor know there's a new Messiah here. But that's not where he started. He started with these shepherds who were freaked out when the angel came to them. Don't you love that about God? I can just see God in heaven saying, come here, angels, gather around here. I have this idea. Let's, let's send you to earth again. And we have the baby boy born, and why don't you go over to that hillside right there and show those shepherds who you are and tell them to go find the baby. <laughs> and I can just see God smiling, say, shepherds never get to hear anything first. Let's take care of them. It's just like God in his love, his compassion. He does things upside down compared to how we think in the pecking order of mankind. But God is God. And this angel shows up, and boom, all of a sudden, these shepherds' lives are turned upside down. Number three, the sound of a heavenly choir. Look at what happens when these angels step back and announce this and proclaim this. This is a big sound. I'm not sure we can even comprehend it. Suddenly, verse 13, the angel was joined by a vast host. Typically, a host is a hundred. Vast hosts could be a thousand, could even be more, of others, the armies of heaven, praising God, saying there's a celebration. This is the voice of angelic creatures coming out of the sky, saying glory to God in the highest, peace on earth to those whom with God is pleased. Now, we have written music. I've heard so many Christmas cantatas and music that involve this. And I, last weekend, just to hear that choir and orchestra, I walk out of here saying, how could anything get more beautiful than that? Bonnie and I have talked about this a lot in, in the, the music. We both love music. And some of you who are very musical really get this. How many of you really appreciate really high-quality harmony where people can go together and stay together, and the tones are perfect. And it's almost siblings can do it better if they can sing, because their tones, they, their resonant is so great. And you think about some of the great writers of music, 
and some of the classical pieces that they heard in their mind and they put it on paper and the, the entire orchestra now is playing these little movements of music. It's like, it can almost make you cry. It touches the soul. It's so powerful. Okay, that's man-made. That's what man can come up with through the inspiration of God. But what can God come up with? With no limitation. What are the tones and the sounds and the instruments that you wouldn't even recognize today because they don't exist on the earth, but God has them in heaven? Can you imagine what it must be like to hear the sound of heaven singing out, praising God from a heavenly choir, doing it in a way that's beyond our realm? And you're a shepherd on a hillside, probably a young teenager. Wow, that's impressive. God did all that. God did all that. The sound of a journey, number four. This is where the angels get to go take action. <laughs> and they've heard this noise. They've had this confrontation, and, a, and not a confrontation, but this message from these angels, and they're about to put some boots on and go. Verse 15, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. I, I, don't you love how quick they were? It's just like the angels leave. Somebody says, let's go. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I like the shepherds. How many of you are, if I said, here's two tickets to someplace that you would like to go to, but you have to leave at 4 o'clock today, how many of you could get it done? Okay, you spontaneous people, you. It's like, get it done, pack, go. It, it, some people can just leave. They can just throw stuff in a bag and go, and they're not too worried about it. Other people, it's like, you know, get everything ready. And, you know, how many of you make a list for the pets? Well, not for them to read, but for the person watching the pets. <laughs> All the lists. But these guys were spontaneous. They said, we're out of here. Let's go. This baby's been born. This was an angel that told us this. We've got to go see. I like this. I like this spontaneity. I'm going to ask you a question. Where are you going on your journey? What are you headed for? If you keep walking on this path you're on, where will you wake up? Where will you end up? Do you like the journey you're on? It's a really good question because they were following the heart of God. Are you following the heart of God? This week, I had the privilege of taking a hike. And we were up in the mountains, and Bonnie gave me this little device it's been a couple of years ago, called a GPS. And it's for hiking, and it has a little chip in it that has all the trails and maps, and it's so accurate. I can't even believe it. How many of you have seen one of these before? It's just a great little tool. And I think it's so I won't get lost. She thinks that I know how to work it, and, and so, well, I do know how to work some of it. But literally, it's so accurate that you can, you can stand in a spot, and you can see right where you are. It, it shows me in a blue shirt, smiling, right on. No, it doesn't really. It's just an arrow. Okay, so it shows an arrow. And, and you can literally take steps like this, like a circle, probably this big, and there'll be a little tiny circle on this thing called tracks. It, it shows you your tracks. And so I'm thinking, maybe I could draw a snowman. <laughs> I mean, you, can't, you could. It's that accurate. And, and so I'm walking all over, and when I hike, I love, I don't, I do trails okay, but like for me, if I hear some water, I think, let's find that spring. 
Let's go. I want to go down to that valley or I'm going to go up on top of that mountain and look down. That looks like a great view. So this comes in handy if you want to get home. You know what I mean? And so you can lose yourself up there. So when I got all done that day hiking, I looked back at my tracks and they were just all over the side of this mountain. I had gone back. I had gone the same place twice. I had I'd just been all around. And I just, it just hit me. What do my tracks say about my journey? And I felt prompted, even in the spirit, to ask you that question. What do your tracks say about your journey? Some of you have tracks in the valley. We all do. We have tracks on a mountaintop. We have tra tracks through water and snow and tough terrain, weeds and bushes, maybe even fire. But God is with you. And you're willing to take that journey with God. Don't stop going. Don't stop journeying. Don't stop. Whatever stage. I hear people say, well, I'm too old to even think about that. No, you're not. You can still have a dream regardless of your dreams will change as your health changes and your age changes, no doubt. But you still are in a journey where God is using you and he has a plan. And I like that the shepherd said, let's go see this thing. Number five, the sound of a true witness and praise to God. The sound of a true witness, because they found him, and they declared that they had found him, and they gave praise to God. Look at verse 16. So they hurried to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everything that had happened and what the angel had said to them about his child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. And it's unclear in the way this language is if they were astonished because it was shepherds telling them or astonished at the story itself, probably both. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Now, Here's a couple questions I want you just to consider as we come to the end of this, this thought process. Did the shepherds know that Joseph and Mary knew this was the Son of God that they had given birth to? There's nothing in Scripture that indicates they understood Joseph and Mary would know. Is it possible that on the hillside, when the angel declares, this is the Messiah, the Son of God, Jesus, go find the baby, that in their mind they're thinking they are the messengers to tell whoever's baby this is that this is a special child, this is the Son of God. So that's why they sat down and had a chat. It's obvious by the language when you read this and study it slowly. I mean, imagine what that was like. The shepherds are coming into this cave area and Mary is saying, Joseph, I hear somebody. He's saying, well, it's some shepherds. I can tell it's some shepherds. Well, do we know them? I don't think so. See what they want. Hi, guys. <laughs> I'm Joseph. You won't believe, is this the baby wrapped in a manger? Yes. Do you know this is the Son of God? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how that conversation went, but it had to go something like that. And then they sat and talked, and then they said, 
this, these angels appeared on this hillside and we're shepherds and we're just doing our thing. And I wonder if Joseph and Mary said, you won't believe our story. <laughs> they exchanged the story. There's something powerful about a true witness to a story that has happened in our lives about bringing a family together and saying, this is the truth about us. This is who we really are. Yes, we've gone through some stuff, and yes, I'm just a shepherd, and yes, I'm just a teenage girl, but God told me that I was going to have a baby, and it would be God's son. Some of you need to declare the promises of God over your family this year. You need to say, Lord, this is our story. You have plans for us. It's not over yet, and don't give up. They had that chat, and it was powerful. And then it says the shepherds told everyone. I can just see them blowing out of that town going, guess what, everybody? We have seen, and it's real. And they're going, yeah, yeah, right, right. But Mary pondered these things in her heart. She, she said it a few times, but mostly internalized the truth, and she knew the truth. I uh, appreciate the truth about God. And we have that in message form today. Let's enjoy it. Let's savor it. The last thing about the shepherds is that the Bible says they went back to their flocks. Now, you guys, it's really hard to go back after you've had an adrenaline day like that, right? Have you ever had like the perfect weekend and then you have to go back to work on Monday and you just go, I want to go back to work, right? Especially the life of a shepherd. What was it like? But that's what they did. And I think I know partly why, and I wanna challenge you with it. God shows up just as much in the mundane parts of our day and our lives. What do they do? They went back to that hillside. What about that next night? Imagine this. They're sitting on the hillside, same spot, same fire, going. Hello. We know you're up there. Could you come back? We found him. To our knowledge, never again did the angels visit the shepherds. One time. Why? Because God chooses to allow us to walk by faith every day of our lives. His presence is felt, it's real. He does speak to us through our spirit man, but it seems like it could never be enough. And those shepherds had a one-time experience that would turn their life around. You may have those moments, but I want you to be confident that in your daily grind, God is there. Don't forget that, because he's there every moment with you. Last thing in your outline is this, the sound of forgiveness and a clear, a clear conscience. That's a pretty great sound right there. If you've ever had a not so clear conscience, <laughs> you've really learned to appreciate it when you have the freedom to enjoy no sin, no condemnation in your life. Matthew, tw Matthew 1, 21, I wanna read an excerpt from what the angel told Joseph about Mary, and I wanna close with it because it's so powerful. In essence, it's the, it's the story. Verse 21, Matthew 1. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, 
for he will save his people from their sins. There you go. That's it. If you get that, you have everything you need. Everything you need. Wow. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this truth. I know what it's like to have a guilty conscience. We all do. We know what it's like to wish we could take back something and redo it. We all have felt shame, guilt, sorrow. That's why you came. You came for that so that we could lay that on you. Wow. It's unbelievable. Lord, thank you so much for showing up on this earth through this little gal named Mary and this man named Joseph. These young shepherds on a hillside all just seem so crazy. But we know the truth of the story and we thank you for the reality of how it's impacted our lives and our world. We are grateful today. I wanna pray for some of you with heads bowed in here who would just ask the question, where are my tracks leading me? Where are they taking me? Because some of you need to pursue a different path, and you know that. You know that without me saying it. And probably a while ago when I was talking about it, you made a decision to say, I gotta get a new path and make some new tracks. God wants you to make some new tracks if that's you. Come out of guilt, shame, whatever's done. Look, we all have a past. God can start you fresh today on a new trail if you'll trust him. And for some of you, it's not even sinful things so much as it might just be a passion, a purpose that you need. You need to start a new journey with God and trusting him because of love and care and others. If that's you and it fits in any way, I just, I'm just going to pray over you. I won't embarrass you or ask you to come up here or anything. I'm just going to say a prayer over you. Would you just slip up a hand to God if that's you? And put them right back down. Anyone else want to join these? I need a new path. Okay. Lord, thank you for the way you talk to the heart of mankind. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful process to feel your spirit guiding us and even allowing us to lift a hand from our free will and yet directed by your will out of submission to that. Thank you for how that works. Thank you for not just forcing yourself on us all the time, but for allowing us to process and feel the feelings we have. And even the regrets that we have can help us become the man or woman or young person that you want us to become. So thank you for those feelings of regret sometimes. Lord, I pray over the, the mind, the heart, the soul, that they would know you came to forgive completely to let them start brand new, that you have a way of reassigning a trail, a journey that they can walk on with you forever and bring people along beside them, oh God. I trust you in this prayer today. The second thing I wanna pray for over some of you is just your circumstances in life. It's a Joseph and Mary story and how they ended up in Bethlehem. It's not what they would have chosen, it wasn't easy. It was difficult. They might have even been shocked that they're doing what God asked and it's not turning out very well. 
I want to pray over some of you that it's tough. You're on the journey to Bethlehem, and it's hard, and you don't know what to do exactly, but be prayed over. Hold your hand up if that's you. Okay. Lord, thank you. Um, we've been there, and we as a family just join around these and say, bring clarity, bring the peace that they need to keep walking. Joseph and Mary didn't know where they were going to stay, and you provided. And it wasn't what they thought it would be probably, but it was what you had in mind. Show us how to find those places and those themes that are what you have in mind more than us. Forgive us, Lord, for putting all this, sometimes so much planning into stuff that we're disappointed no matter what happens because it could never happen that perfect. Show us how to walk with you and be quick to run with a message like the shepherds to say, guess what happened to us? Help us to be tellers of truth. Lastly, Lord, I pray for forgiveness for those who need forgiveness in their life today. Sin could be upon you. It doesn't have to be upon them, but they have to ask. If you're here with sin in your life, you know you're separated from God, just ask him for forgiveness right now. It takes faith that, that he died on the cross, that he rose from the dead, but you're, you're confessing your sin to him, saying, I'm sorry for my sin. Forgive me. Cleanse me. And then you need to forgive yourself. You need to really move on. You can't live in that shame. It will destroy you. And it will take away the good stuff he has for your future. Lord, seal that in our hearts today for a promised tomorrow. For the glory of God, we ask these things. Amen. Thank you, Jerry, so much. We really do appreciate that. We've been bugging him to death to get a Christmas CD. And he finally did. Him and Don Francisco, if you remember, he's alive. Uh, they did a CD. It just came out in October. We have them back here. You can take them home with you. So please do that. It's worth having. I got one last night. So uh, hope you'll enjoy that. Hey, would you stand with me if you're able? I would like to ask our prayer team who is available to come. And it's a little tight up here because we've brought in a lot of chairs for our tomorrow. But uh, please come on up if you're here to pray for those. Some of you just need a connection with someone to pray over you, to agree with you. You can come right on up and uh, do that. Tables in the mall, lots of stuff going on. But most of all, I just want to pray one last challenge into you and to us. You're going to have some real opportunity for stress. Already have. Some of you with family, some of you traveling, some of you with young children, the, the pressures financially, emotionally are very real. And I would like to just remind you that the peace of God is for you. To find a way, to find a place where you can lay that into the arms of God this week. Learn how to maybe not respond back when someone says something they shouldn't. Maybe learn how to ponder these things in your heart as God opens doors for you. But make your tracks be tracks you're proud of at the end of this year so that you can look back and say, thank you, Lord, you helped me. Let's be peacemakers as we walk through this life. Lord, thank you for that reality. That's why you came. Help us to let love live in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. The service starts now. Go get them. God bless you. Thanks for coming to Timberline.